Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. I'm Chris Pitzer. And we're going to be looking at uh, Secret Origins of the D the Super DC Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> a, a Warner book from the 70s, man. I'm so impressed by this book. I've never seen it before. And just like a quick glance through it, Neil Adams cover, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. 1976 Look at publication. All, they're day. all running out from the, the center of the spotlight. Yeah. Except like Plastic Man, he's stretching out. And, uh, you know, Warner Books. And I mentioned Warner Books because I didn't know when DC starts to connect with Warner Books. But, like, my Dark Knight Returns that I bought in the late 80s was Warner Books. And it was kind of weird to me. Like, what's going on here? Yeah. They, they own DC or they publish DC. What is this? So a long relationship there. And uh, intros by Carmen Infantino and uh, Denny O'Neill, text editing. So, like, this is just heavy hitters. This is a, a list of talent from the cover. Can't wait to dig through it. First, I want to invite everybody to like, follow, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit that bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available. And what that does, that uh, that mitigates the kayfabe effect, uh, which is whenever we talk about a book, uh, the people who see the video first get first dibs on Amazon, eBay, and other online uh, book buying websites to get the cheapest copies available. We have heard tales that by 6 p.m. that night, the comics that they had on their watch list on eBay and Amazon went from $10 to about $80. <laughs> so hit that, that subscribe button. And if you watch these videos to the very end, that helps uh, push the YouTube algorithm out toward uh, unsuspecting comic book loving YouTube uh, viewers who might not be familiar with too much uh, cartoonist kayfabe stuff helps us grow our number numbers for the channel helps make it more possible to uh, keep giving you these videos on a very regular basis Jimmy gotta uh, stop in the tracks real quick man because this might be the thumbnail this right I here might be the thumbnail for the video love it I, I mentioned the design and it's like it starts right here from the title page the title spread and uh, these these primary colors giant logo like Man, how do you not get excited if you're a kid and you open this up? This ain't a PowerPoint presentation, ladies and gentlemen. This person made this by hand. That's a good point. This fellow right here, uh, presumably Thomas Noskowski. Thoughts on that one? I mean, it's uh, we don't see a lot of designers credited in these early it books. It must be, he must work for Warner Books, right? Yeah. And I've never heard the name before, and it's like, is he cutting film or just, you know, marking these up for somebody else's cutting film? Is or he doing the, doing is the he hand do, lettering? Is he doing the hand lettering? It's a, it's a strong piece, whatever it is, and, and you see that lettering motif of like going back in perspective over and over, like page after page, it seems like coming, coming back. That's the big design element, keeping these all together. Always good to get the creative names in, yeah. in, in a package uh, like this when it's presumably a lot of people's first uh, introductions to these comics. This is the, the book that your grandma gets you for your birthday in 1974 or whenever. <laughs> uh, so you're getting introduced to these characters and to have some names to go along. Maybe you become a fan of this person or that person. This is the kind of stuff like I would come across as a kid and I'd be tracing these things sure, off. You know? sure. Like it was always great to see the characters like standing out and looking cool. It's so funny you say that, man, because there was absolutely a period in my young comic book buying uh, days where uh, an important piece of the comic book buying experience to me was full body shots because like the stuff that you're copying you don't want to copy something that's cut off at the waist like you need some full body shots to to uh to draw from you know to, to learn your craft it's uh interesting to consider the the similarities and differences between this and the fireside books that marvel was publishing um I mean, they're really a similar time period. I would assume those Fireside books did well, and then somebody at Warner Books or at DC was like, 
we have these characters. Why aren't we doing this? Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, the Silver Age books and, and just, I guess, the size of comic books, uh, it doesn't look like they blew it up at all. It's right, like, right. it's exactly the same film or stats or whatever that would correspond with the comics at the time. So they had a little bit of a creative challenge. You know, this is bleeding edge comics right here, man, where you got this big margin what do you do with it uh, just pop the superman logo in there we'll, fi we'll figure it out later one of the things i wish i had for my youth was i was into model rocketry as, as well and i actually made this rocket oh that's out, so out cool, of like man. parts and then you know painted it and everything when uh, i went to the steve ditko exhibit in johnstown pa he was part of like a young like aviators like rocket society a bunch nice. a bunch of little nerdy kids who were putting together toy rockets and and uh balsa wood airplanes <laughs> this is stuff of nightmares. <laughs> it's uh, it's an interesting problem DC has also in that their comic origins are twenty years older than right. Marvel comic right. origins. Yeah. So They're what not... do you do? And you see them like like maybe uh, show a little bit of that origin, but also show some more contemporary. Their their best, what they have, you know, show show your best, hide the rest kind of stuff. Interesting mm -hmm. that uh, yeah, actually, comics one really didn't make the cut, uh, but this is uh, Batman issue one, I believe. Uh, pieces from that, and uh, once again, also later piece. I'm sure Bob Kane had something to do with that. <laughs> That's a wild panel. I, I think this is Dick Sprang stuff. This <laughs> this is in uh, the the Batman's greatest stories ever told, which is also a Warner book. Mm -hmm. um, I swear, like we could get 20 episodes out of that book by just covering like one story at a time. You know, we mentioned uh, we we've done some Fireside book coverage, and we mentioned how that's it happens. It burns bright for a few years, and then it's gone. Warner Books we see continue. 1976, Batman's Greatest Stories, probably sometime mid to late 80s. So you see a much longer relationship there in terms of like, we can sell these in the book market and have success. I think Max Gaines was the guy who bought uh, the Wonder Woman property, like for DC Comics, you know, all those guys were connected in a way. So uh, her stories would be Leroy lettered and then it would <laughs> be hand lettered stories uh, everywhere else. And this artist, is like one of my favorites of the golden age, right up there with like a Fletcher Hanks kind of energy. Yeah, it has that outsider feel. Uh, he's the same artist that would be in, I think that the Treasury, or mm -hmm. yeah, the DC Treasury edition of, of Wonder Woman, um, do a bunch of those comics, but just these bulbous figures. The same guy would do the Wonder Woman segments in the Justice so uh, Society books uh, back in the day also. What's interesting is the halftone is really coarse on this story, I think more than the other ones. The the dots? Yeah, the dots. You know what was interesting? When we were looking at that Son of Origins of Marvel Comics, there were, like, sometimes there would be, like, a panel or two where the um, separations were, it was just completely different from the rest of the story. Huh. It, it wasn't it wasn't uh, in enough places to, to sort of make mention. I saw it as we were talking. Mm -hmm. I was hoping to maybe see another one. But, yeah, there's definitely some fudging. See, because this is, like, a more... The dots are further apart. Yeah, you know, that's what I mean. Yeah, you can see it. That's the measles. <laughs> you think that's a recolor, maybe? Like, like maybe the film I, they, they decided didn't work. You know, whatever they had or had been damaged or something. Because that looks like that later era coloring style yeah. with the bigger dots. What's cool about this is there are so many comics that I just have never read. And again, I really like their decision to go like old story, new story. Yeah, really smart. Don Heck and uh, Vince Coletto on, on this gimmick. Cartoonist Kayfabe is sponsored by the comic books Ed Piscor and I make. If you want to support Cartoonist Kayfabe, pick up our comics and books wherever you buy them. Red Room. Starting with Red Room, the Antisocial Network, Season 1 of Ed's Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit. 
Trigger Warning, Season 2 is now in stores everywhere. This is issue number one. Issue two also available. Issue three coming next month and uh, available wherever you buy comics except for banned in seven comic stores. Uh, hopefully that number is not rising, but you never know. Well, you know what? The cool thing about it rising is that the bigger comic shops heard about that stuff, tripled their orders, man. <laughs> nice. WYSIWYG, A History of Computer Hacking. X-Men Grand Design, the Grand Design that started them all, including Hulk Grand Design. Can't wait Three to see what... oversized volumes of this available. Can't wait to see what your cover looks like when you put yours together, Jimmy. And Hip Hop Family Tree, a history of hip hop available in four treasury sized editions or two beautiful box sets. You can pick up my latest book wherever comics are sold, Hulk Grand Design Monster. This is in comic shops everywhere now with some beautiful variant covers, a retelling of the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk, and coming in April, Hulk Grand Design Madness with uh, also some beautiful cover choices here by Ed McGinnis and Jeff Darrow, as well as my cover. Again, the 60-year history of the Hulk distilled down into two very dense uh, oversized issues. Plain Jane's, the first young adult comic, graphic novel here in America by Cecil Castellucci and me and Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive which just went out of print from Image Comics Ed if you guys at home see Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive on your comic shop shelves pick it up because it is no longer available for order but the original Street Angel hardcover oversized uh, these are kind of like director's cuts almost like artist editions I think they're the nicest books ever designed these are all still available from the publisher you can get them wherever books are bought and sold and now back to our regular scheduled programming. I find this art style very attractive. It's a little more open. It feels a little more like bring some romance motifs into it visually. <laughs> you know, attention to uh, what, what did Charlton teach us about romance comics? Attention to uh, hair and fashion. It's a good pose right there. Yeah. And heck, 76, when is the Wonder Woman TV show? 78? Sounds right. So character building in popularity at that point. There's MC Gaines' name again. Perhaps publisher MC Gaines didn't actually say that. Blah, blah, blah. Um, very curious like how, how he branches off, goes does his own I thing. I love these uh, pieces, too, that are giving like a little bit of behind the scenes of, of history of the character or how the character came to be published by DC. That stuff was... Where else are you getting that in 76? Right. You know, maybe a fanzine, but <laughs> who has access to those if you're a kid? I really like this uh, costume for that Golden Age Flash. Like, it, like it feels perfectly quaint for like the pulp <laughs> times. Man, this looks so much like the uh, Freakway Brendan McCarthy <laughs> '80s kind of Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. And then I presume we got some uh, Carmine Infantino in the mix. That makes sense. Love seeing him running literally off the comics page. Yeah. It feels so inventive. It's funny to look at this stuff from from now. I mean, geez, 40, oh, 50 years the ago. Bullet scene. And it looks good. <laughs> this is a famous scene? Well, to, for me, it's like, you know, the bullet's slowing down, going towards her head. Ah. I think of Hotel Harbor View. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> many panels. Like, <laughs> or the pages. Matrix, maybe the Matrix, the more common uh, reference point, but this early is bullet so cool. time. Like, like yeah. this is like little boy drawings, man. Always great to see, like, how do you make him look like he's running fast? There was that panel earlier of Superman outrunning the train, and it did not look like either one was going very fast. <laughs> That's an ambitious panel. Oh, really yeah. great drawing. Yeah, that, that, that can also double as like the interior of a rocket ship in a 50s sci-fi. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I was going to say, man, Wally would like, you know, establish some language. That's funny. I don't remember him driving a boat. Yeah, that's great. That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> He's taking on water. 
I always think of like those DC characters. You'd see them in costume doing mundane stuff. It's the funniest <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, DC would do that. I like this layout too of these these interstitial pages. They're very plain, but why not? Yeah, it's a, it's a light color on the background and just your straight black text looks great. I guess this is Marty Nodell uh, using the pen name Mart Dellen. Mm-hmm. Nice. But why? <laughs> He would come to the Pittsburgh Comic-Con a lot uh, in his later years in the 90s and, and have a bunch of prints and things that he was selling and that he drew in more contemporary times. Like, he still he still had some chops, man. It was pretty cool. Using different colored, like, ballpoint pen inks and stuff. I can remember that, and I and I never interacted with him, and I look back and just kick myself for I, that. I bought some of those things. I thought, like, I really thought it was cool that somebody from the, the Golden Age was there, and... Of course, everybody's going to like Lee Weeks to get their gambits signed, and he's sitting standing right next to them. Uh, there, there were a few enough people that you could say hi to everybody. I've got a uh, Golden Age Green Lantern um, that I got him to sign. And it's a box of comics that my dad worked with the guy who found him in somebody's attic. So it's probably he stole them out of the attic. Uh, and my dad <laughs> bought them for me. But it's like, as a kid, as, you know, I was like, will you sign this? And then, you know, as an adult, it's like, that's cool, but you know, I bet the value went down once he signed it. <laughs> <laughs> I presume this is Gil Kane uh, that we're looking at. Like my my uh, knowledge of Silver Age DC Comics is, is very surface level. I don't know who that is. It looked really nice as you were flipping through it. Yeah, I didn't see a name in the credits or anything. Yeah, see, there's no real credit. Hawkman. I think we're going to get to see some Cubert, teenage Joe Cubert. Uh, I don't think this is it. There's also, uh, sh sh is it Sheldon Mayer? Uh, Shelly Moldoff? One of those guys would be the early... Oh, that's the page that my brother ripped when I was young. My, <laughs> my, my, my heart was pounding, and I was like, I didn't hear a rip. What? I didn't I hear I knew there a was a page somewhere, and it's like, we... I mean, it was like a month-long feud because of that. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. I, I, I say that's big of you. He didn't ask to borrow this, and all of a sudden, he has a ripped page? Yeah, that's bad. Did he try to, to play it off like it was there? He didn't do it? <laughs> no, he just didn't you know, say anything about it. There's your joke. Figuring out these Thanagarian helmets yeah. ta takes a while. The houses are... I feel like Joe was like, nah. Yeah. Let's streamline that a little bit. I have uh, I have these in uh, in those that like essential format, mm -hmm. the showcase format. Uh, got it specifically for that vintage Qbert line, man. His storytelling is really sound. Yeah, I wonder how how early in his career this is because this stuff's pretty polished. It looks like stylistically he's he's Joe Kubert, so yeah. maybe a little bit later on. Yeah, it is. He started young, right? Yeah, it's like twelve years old for Eisner. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> there was this overstreet. I, th I think I told you about it, and I swear to God, next time I see it, I'm gonna buy the 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 overstreet guide. It's like five hundred pages. Takes they take about twenty five different cartoonists. And and uh, give you almost like a checklist of their bibliography, and uh, so you get the name of the artist, and then one or two images, and the and the checklist, like all the comics that they made that you know they acknowledge, and this is the image that goes along with the Joe Kubert post. That's in a there. great panel. There's I was just admiring the way like the wing goes behind Hawkgirl's uh, mask there. Yeah, it's really nice looking. You know the other thing I look at as we flip through here because. I'm often critical of, of contemporary storytelling in a lot of comics. Yeah. And I just wonder, like, is it different stories that are being told, different styles of stories that allow you to have these kinds of images? You know, I just feel like we don't see these kinds of, like, 
a lot of movement, a lot yeah. of action, emphasis on figures. Look at that ambitious pose and face and everything. I'd say even ambitious page layouts. Like, yeah. Those are great. This comes like half splashes. This comes straight out of uh, Flash Gordon, I think, man. That makes there's, sense. There's like an Alex Raymond mm -hmm. um, composition to that. They're just they're the opposite of boring, these pages. Oh, yeah. And you got to notice too, man, on all of these characters, you get your 100% values uh, in their in their costumes as much as possible. Make it easy. Make them pop. Yeah. I think this was appeared in Brave and Bold, right? That's where they I brought a lot so. of these characters back. That or Showcase. But yeah. I feel like Hawkman was Brave and Bold. Oh, you know what? Now you say it. I think it was Showcase. Man, look Hawkman at the was? I think so, but I'm not 100% yeah, sure. I mean, no Flash was. That would have made Silhouette Zine if I'd have seen it. <laughs> look at That's that guy beautiful. right there. <laughs> Shooting darts. Good thing uh, Green Lantern's not around. Yeah. <laughs> well, man. Kubrick getting imaginative. Chris, is this a book you see much? Like whenever you're at conventions, right? Like, look I at feel these, like it's just not on my radar. Look at these marks, Jimmy. Doesn't it feel like uh, some Munden's Bar, like <laughs> Tim Truman kind of? Makes line? a lot of sense, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was even thinking, you know, those lines. Gardner Fox there in the beginning always makes me think of Tim Truman, you know, like Gardner Fox right. having this long relationship with a character where decades later and other creators are interested in, in working with him. <laughs> but yeah, I never see this around. No. Um, I somehow stumbled across a hardcover in my adult life and picked that up. So they would do that. I think like the, you know, Fireside would put out a few hardcovers as well, but they're a little bit more rare. Yeah, I've read almost zero of the comics in this book. Yeah, it's a heck of a collection. It it really is like, um, I mean, this is a thorough piece. Again, you you get this for Christmas as a kid. This would have been you wouldn't have seen me for a week mm -hmm. or a month, maybe. Yeah, maybe. trading sequence. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I love this shit so much, man. You drawn some training sequence montages in your day? Like I, I I've I've done a couple. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm sure I have. It feels like it's a staple. That's great. That's a beautiful panel. Is there, who's the credit of Gil Kane and Murphy Anderson on inks? That seems like a legendary team. Fun to see the evolution of Gil Kane, too. Like, there's some great panels on here, but stylistically, he evolves quite a bit from this. Yeah, I think that house style was a mandate because, goddammit, they all had it. You know, you see them getting their stuff in a little bit. You know, I just got those Doom Patrol showcase things, man. You see how you see how they slide in their uh, their fun stuff. We're going CC Beck. <laughs> We're going CC Beck, boys and girls. Look at that that train, dude. That's Harry Potter, right? Like, there's like there's like some sort of <laughs> mystical train thing in Harry Potter. I don't know. That's a wild drawing. Even the staircase. There's a lot of stuff going on on that page. Ain't much about backgrounds. <laughs> <laughs> color. Color will work. Like that's what the editor told him too. <laughs> <laughs> the C.C. Beck interview with Will Eisner in Shop Talk is really funny because uh, C.C. Beck is, is all about like churn and burn and stuff. Hmm. And uh, would talk about like all the... Um, studio guys he had the ghosts you know and 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 uh will eisner would be talking about like yeah but the storytelling flow and blah 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 and it's two guys talking two different language, <laughs> languages that'll be an interview we check out this is kind of cool to see you know like like for people at home unfamiliar with this this is kicking superman's ass at oh, the yeah. time yeah yeah once it establishes itself absolutely 
the classic story. This is in the Smithsonian collection of comic book comics. Read this story a bunch. Ill O'Brien, man, the first uh, a superhero who also poses as a criminal, but he starts off as a bad guy. And uh, again, I'll call attention. Yeah, that's that's a pretty iconic panel. I feel like that's one. That if, if you've seen any Plastic Man or Jack Cole, you've probably seen that that panel. But, uh, you know, we have a video on Jack Cole tracing his career, one of the great Golden Age cartoonists. And, of course, Plastic Man, his, his big contribution to the superhero uh, genre. Probably one of the strongest comics in here, man, to, to headline headline the uh, the book. Main event. The author. The author. Daniel Neal. What? Huh? What? So finding figuring out language. Again, I would have been tracing yeah. these things. You might feel like indentations on some of this. That's stuff. funny. <laughs> uh, that's so good. Yeah, man, this would be the stuff like where you do like a uh, low contrast or like high contrast mm -hmm. Xerox, blow it up a little bit so mm -hmm. that you could make your own Superman covers. Like that's one of the things I would do a lot with my comics and also another uh, book buying uh, uh, reason for me to pick up certain comics is if... Uh, the logo was not obscured by somebody's head or something. Like, I always needed to have one of those with every series I had so that when I did my own kayfabe covers for my own comics, could trace it off perfectly. It's interesting that Superman and Batman are registered. The rest are trademarked. I always wondered about that kind of stuff, man. And it's age? And it does, it does, I don't think so. I think no. it has to do with merchand merchandising mm, okay. and shit like that. Uh, I had this, um... One of my earliest DC comics was a world's finest Batman and Superman, and it had, you know, it said Shazam, but they kept calling him Captain Marvel in the thing, and I didn't understand that. Right. And I knew th about no less than like three other Captain Marvels at the other company, and there was also a talking tiger. Like, what the fuck is this comic? <laughs> I digress, man. Fun <laughs> package, cool book to look at. Had no idea this thing even existed. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a new one for me as well, and... Uh... We talk a lot about the perennial stuff, and I just keep thinking, you know, like DC sort of embraced this book idea or the book trade w way earlier than Marvel. You know, yeah. you can almost see like like the, I don't know, publishing history of these companies or the licensing publishing history of these companies, and it feels like Warner Warner Books is uh, your your clue there. Of yeah. DC must have enjoyed this experience and, and kept kind of like thinking, what do we have that fits that market? Yeah, super super fun, Chris. Thank you so much for uh for bringing some bounty from from your archives one of my bibles as a kid you could tell it's so well read yeah, like yeah. like that's the thing i like i made note of that the second i cracked this thing open like this is a this is a much loved book well read i could tell you you must have read it hundreds of times yeah. as a kid man you look through this thing Somehow, a lot i became a dc guy more than a marvel guy i mean i love them both but I just ended up on this DC side of the fence. Hey, nobody's perfect. <laughs> what, Chris, give the, give the people a plug. Uh, Adhousebooks.com. All right, man. Kayfabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. Jimmy, what's out there? Hulk Grand Design Monster number one in comic shops everywhere right now while you're watching this. Hulk Grand Design Madness number one coming to your comic shops in late April. This is a retelling of the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk in two oversized issues. You do not want to miss it. And join me on patreon.com slash jimrug. Red Room Trigger Warnings issue number, number one and two in stores at this very moment. Murder on the Dark web for fun and profit is the name of the game in red room comics banned in 26 countries banned in seven comic shops but if you ask them and you know the secret knock the secret handshake they're going to get you your comics don't you worry about that man this is a brown paper bag affair behind the counter type shit we're making these days uh you can read these comics at my patreon patreon.com slash 
Ed Piscor, three bucks for the archive there, more than 200 pages worth of strips up there as we speak, and I put up new pages every Tuesday. Hit up my link tree in the description below this video, you can get to all those destinations. Jimmy, what else do we have out there? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. That's another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Jimmy, give him those marching orders so we can be on our way. Read more comics.